Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Equity Mates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. I want to ask you something. Can you remember the last time you went to the cinemas? What did you see? Are you struggling to think of the answer? Because for many of us, the answer to that question is just, you know, it's been a while. And it's starting to have an effect on the industry. Earlier this month, Cineworld, the world's second largest cinema chain, declared bankruptcy. But the challenges with movie theatres go far beyond that one headline. It's Friday, the 16th of September, and today I want to know just how much trouble is the cinema industry in? To do this, I'm joined by my colleague here at Equity Mates. It's Darcy Cordell. Darcy, welcome to The Dive. Thanks, Sasha. Good to be here. What's the last film that you saw, Darcy? I've just been trying to think of that, and you're absolutely right. It's been a while, but for me, it was Top Gun. Me too. Your instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced. I think that's the only film I've seen this year, and I've got to say it was pretty good. I was a big fan. It was damn good. I was I was touched by it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to the subject at hand today. People outside of Britain might not be familiar with the name Cineworld, but many would have sat in their cinemas. Tell me about this company. Uh, we've got some breaking news. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, that uh, Cineworld Group, the uh, cinema uh, movie theatre chain, is preparing to file for bankruptcies. Cineworld is well known in Britain, as you kind of mentioned, and it's based in London. They operate over 9,500 screens across about 800 sites throughout Europe, the UK and the United States. Cineworld operates under a number of other brand names. Cineworld and Picture House in the UK and Ireland, Cinema City in Eastern and Central Europe, Yes Planet in Israel and Regal in the United States. It's the largest cinema business in the UK and Regal is the second largest in the United States and across the world, Cineworld is number two. I didn't put two and two together until we started researching this story, but Picture House were the cinemas that I would go to in London. They were fabulous. So this is devastating for a lot of people. They're a massive player in the movie business and now they've declared bankruptcy. They have, Sasha, but it has been coming for a little while. In April 2019, their stock price got close to an all-time high at 320 British pounds. Today, it trades for less than three pounds a share. That's a crazy loss of almost 99% of its value. That's right. It's really down in the dumps. And in the early days of COVID, there was reporting that Cineworld would be forced to declare bankruptcy as cinema attendance was just decimated, as we know. But they did actually hold on and they held on until they couldn't hold on anymore. And that's where we're at at the moment. They've declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy last week. The theatre chain owner says it hopes to emerge from Chapter 11 in the first quarter of 2023. That's after it completes a, quote, real estate optimization strategy in hopes of garnering more favourable lease terms. And this is also known as a reorganisation bankruptcy. It means they can stay in business, which is good news for us, 
but they need to restructure their debt and basically negotiate with the people they owe money to to let them stay in business and try and pay off what they owe. The same scenario as Revlon, which we talked about a couple of months ago. Okay, so the headline today is Cineworld, but the headline tomorrow could be about another cinema chain because they're all struggling across the board, aren't they? They are. I mean, as we can all see, post-COVID, it has been really tough for cinemas. First, it was closing them completely during the early pandemic. Then attendance took a massive hit and it's just really struggled to recover. AMC, which is the world's largest cinema chain and a very popular meme stock, They've cut their opening hours at their Odeon-branded cinemas in Britain and the UK's third largest cinema chain, View International, effectively went bankrupt in July this year too. Several other smaller cinema chains have also been going bankrupt this year. It's a really tough time to be in the cinema business. So, Darcy, let's hone in on these reasons that the cinema industry is struggling so much. I imagine a large part of this is our changed lifestyle in a post-pandemic world. People are just opting to stay home and stream movies instead of getting their jackets on, getting their shoes on, paying a babysitter, leaving the house and going to the theatres instead. Am I on the right track? You definitely are. This is a streaming story, but there are a couple of other factors at play here. I think you could sum it up with these three factors. The first is that there are less big mega hits, as we call them. The second, there are less movies altogether in the cinemas, and this is largely due to streaming. And the third reason is debt. One thing it is not, this is not just a COVID story. Okay, so I want you to expand on that a little because we know that cinemas were one of the hardest hit industries during the pandemic. They were, but attendance was actually declining before COVID. The pandemic may have accelerated the trend, but it didn't cause it. Pinning all the problems on the pandemic sort of papers over the issues that AMC, Cineworld and the rest of the industry faced back in 2019. Well, let's start with your first reason that you offered to me, which is the lack of tentpole blockbuster releases. Look, I thought it was a good year for blockbusters. We both saw Top Gun, Maverick, but on top of that, there was also Jurassic World Dominion and a new Marvel edition with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. To me, it felt like we were returning to normal programming. Every night, I dream the same dream. It's a fair point, Sasha, and Top Gun did beat box office records. But overall, there were just a lack of what people were calling blockbusters compared to times in the past. Studio executives project the 2022 box office to end with around $7 billion in total US ticket sales. It's not a bad total, but that is about two-thirds of what the industry was bringing in pre-pandemic. And in the recently passed Northern Hemisphere's summer, the blockbusters didn't quite deliver. In North America, summer cinema takings were down 21% from the summer of 2019 and 19% lower than the average summer between 2005 and 2019. It was actually the lowest haul since 2001. And this summer season is really crucial for the industry. About 40% of annual box office revenue comes in that short period. But Sasha, you know what was most disappointing? This soft summer came after two years of everyone being cooped up inside and some big blockbusters being released. It was meant to be a red-hot movie-going summer. All those movies you mentioned, Top Gun, Jurassic World, Doctor Strange, but we also had Brad Pitt's Bullet Train, Thor, Love and Thunder and Minions' The Rise of Crew. Uh, uh, 
And it doesn't look like it'll get much better. We're in for a pretty weak Northern Hemisphere autumn or fall season in the coming months. There are only a couple of massive movies set to hit cinemas, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Black Adams. So a lot of pressure on just those two blockbusters to come to kind of make up for the shortfall that we've had over this year. But that's your first point, that there are less of the mega blockbusters. Let's dive into reasons two and three, but first, let's have a quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why do we go to the cinema? To escape. Welcome back to The Dive. I'm talking with my colleague Darcy about the struggles that cinemas are facing at the moment. Darcy, before the break, you were telling me about just the lack of blockbusters and the fact that they're not taking in the ticket sales that they used to. But we've been talking a lot about the elephant in the room, which is the rise in streaming. You've probably noticed if you have streaming subscriptions that many of the big studios are choosing to go direct to streaming to try and grow their subscriber numbers rather than releasing their movies in cinemas. Take Disney, for example. They've had hundreds of box office hits over the years, but more recently they're opting to release their films direct through their Disney Plus service. Pinocchio was an example of that recently. And Netflix was the business that pioneered that movement. Anyone with a Netflix subscription can see across their browse page, Netflix exclusive. Yeah, I jumped on my page earlier to have a look and recently there's been Don't Look Up, The Grey Man or the new Persuasion adaption with Dakota Johnson. There's nothing worse than thinking your life is ruined and then realising you've got much, much further to fall. All of those films previously I would have gone to the movies to see but now they're right there for me to enjoy on a Friday night from my couch. That's exactly right, Sasha. The big hit's going straight to streaming and the cinemas are up in arms about that. Village Roadshow, which is a big Australian cinema operator, they're actually suing Warner Brothers Discovery over their decision to release The Matrix on both HBO Max and in cinemas at the same time. But there are other factors at play here. There are massive bottlenecks in Hollywood at the moment and what that has meant is just less movies overall. Through the weekend of May 20, 28 movies had been released in 2,000 or more theatres, according to Comscore, and that's a 33% drop from the same period in 2019 when 42 movies had been given a wide release. So putting this together, less of these tentpole blockbusters that bring in the big bucks, less overall movies to keep cinema seats filled with repeat visitors, and now finally your third point, you add a lot of debt to the whole mix. Seems like a pretty good recipe for bankruptcy, if you ask me. Yes, so Cineworld has more than $5 billion in debt and they made about $1.8 billion in revenue last year. You can do the maths. And some of that debt was due to be repaid soon, meaning the company would have to pay back the full loan, not just the interest on the loan. And ultimately, that was just too much for them to manage. 
A lot of this debt was taken out due to Cineworld's acquisition of Regal at the end of 2017. A couple of years later, the whole cinema industry was shut down. It was just really bad timing. No business foresight would have seen what was coming down the timeline with that. Some pretty rotten luck. But the world's largest cinema chain, AMC, the meme stock we've mentioned, also has more than $5 billion US dollars in debt. Much of it from acquiring cinema chains Odeon and Nordic Cinema. AMC has also struggled with their debt repayments. But the difference here is that meme stock status. They were able to become a meme stock and tapped into the enthusiasm of retail investors to raise over $2 billion to repay some of their debt and stay afloat. And the power of being a meme stock was so valuable that in Cineworld's bankruptcy filing, they actually lamented the fact that they couldn't become one themselves. Wow. So Darcy, my ultimate question is, are we going to see more bankruptcies in the cinema industry? You'd be a brave person to say no, looking at the trend, but what I think we might see is some downsizing. The National Association of Theatre Owners reports that in the US, there are 500 less screens than there were in 2019. Darcy, is there a positive note to leave on, please? Something to give me hope. I'm with you, Sasha. I'd be shattered to see the end of cinemas. But streaming growth is stalling, so we might see some balancing out of viewers choosing to stream or go to the cinemas. And Hollywood studio chiefs are refocusing on cinema releases. Ultimately, the economics of releasing your movie in cinemas is better as long as people are still going to the cinemas. It's Friday. Time to put on my shoes, get my jacket, get out of the house and go see what's on at my local theatre. Love it, Sasha. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please tell a friend about it. It really is the best way for our podcast to grow. And if you've just joined us for the first time, then welcome. Go check out our back catalogue. This week, we've talked about the Ethereum merge, the changing nature of celebrity endorsements, and the US banning the sale of semiconductors to China. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at thedive.businessnews. You can contact us by email, thedive at equitymates.com. And you can subscribe wherever you're listening right now so you never miss an episode. Darcy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Sasha. Let's keep the cinema industry afloat. Yeah, single-handedly. Until next time. The Dive is a product of Equity Mates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.